Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, Markets have remained under slight pressure over the past week with both equities and bonds falling while commodities rose and the dollar strengthened. Today, I have with me Rajat Bhattacharya, who runs our economics team, and we will discuss the potential market catalyst going forward. So topics of conversation today include inflation, monetary policy settings, the US earnings season, and obviously the likely implications for US, European and Asian equity markets. So Rajat, thanks for joining me today. Um, I guess the backdrop uh, of today's discussion is that after rallying strongly in the second half of March, global equities have faltered in the past couple of weeks, so failing to break above that February high. Uh, and short-term technical charts suggesting that we're, we're likely to see a sh- sideways trend, at least for now. Obviously, 10-year government bond yield in the States have continued to rise. Um, you know, Of course, we can argue that's a positive in terms of uh, the economic growth concerns may be easing. And finally, the dollar index has broken above uh, 100, which was sort of certainly outside of our expectations, and that's a to a two-year high, and that's obviously on the back of surging uh, Fed rate hike expectations. So that's a history lesson. Uh, I, I guess the question is, where do we go from here? So, what are the key factors or catalysts that you're keeping an eye on to try and figure this out? Morning, Steve. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, the first on our radar really is the upcoming US Q1 earnings season which just started uh, uh, this week. So U.S. earnings have consistently beaten the market expectations every quarter since Q4 2020, turning into a fundamental driver of the equity bull run uh, since the post-pandemic recovery. This time, though the bar is low for earnings beats, really, with the consensus expecting only 6.1% growth in Q1. But if you exclude the energy sector, which is benefiting from the surge in crude oil prices, expectations are for flat earnings, really. With the consensus also expecting 11% revenue growth, the market is clearly concerned about rising wages and raw material costs eating into corporate profitability. Thus, we would closely watch uh, the forward-looking management guidance on profit margins this year as well. Yeah, so I suppose inflation obviously is a, is a major concern for everybody. Um, you know, and, and that's from a policy perspective, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. But how does inflation affect uh, corporate profits? Yes, certainly. Uh, inflation and its uh, various drivers are likely to be critical for corporate profits. This week, for instance, the US data showed headline inflation surging to a new 40-year high of 8.5%. And th- these are the levels we haven't seen for decades. Uh, as we said, it's a 40-year high driven by energy and food prices as the Ukraine war has started to make its uh, impact fell. So there is a risk that these prices filter into other sectors, keeping uh, inflation higher for longer. However, when we look under the hood, core inflation has started to decelerate, falling below consensus expectations. The pandemic-driven drivers of goods, and goods inflation are starting to fade. For example, the prices of US, used cars and trucks fell almost 4% month-on-month in March. Uh, meanwhile, the services sector in inflation, including shelter, airline tickets, and medical care, uh, have started to pick up as the economy gradually reopens. This is the latter. The service sector inflation is actually a good sign. It shows companies are being able to pass on higher costs to the consumers. Since the services sector accounts for three-fourths of the US economy, 
this is likely positive for U.S. corporate profits and by extension equities, we think. Yeah, so I, I suppose the, pay, the picture you're painting is um, one where inflation stays high. Uh, it may ease a bit, but it still remains high. Uh, so obviously that leads to another concern of investors is the, the tightening in monetary policies. Is, is this a concern from your side? Yeah, the above scenario of, would, of course, keep the Fed hawkish. As we heard from several Fed speakers this week, uh, before an inflation peak leads to a softening of policy stance in the second half of the year. Markets are already pricing around 240 basis points of Fed rate hikes over the next 12 months, which is a lot. I mean, that indicates that inflation risks have been substantially priced in. So given that, I mean, the, the way we look at it is that for now in bonds, the five to seven years maturity bucket would be the prudent place to be in. Okay, let's move away from the US and, and look elsewhere. So obviously, Europe has been going through a difficult time. I mean, that's part of the reason why the dollar strengthened because the euro has been so weak. But maybe what do you think of the, the, the outlook for Europe going forward? In Europe, uh, clearly, Steve, the main thing is the war in Ukraine. This is a key catalyst for markets. Uh, Russia's uh, uh, President uh, Putin vowed this week to continue with the war, uh, raising risks that more sanctions from Europe uh, could come soon, uh, including, uh, crucially, we need to watch that one, uh, on Russia's energy exports. Uh, Euro area growth expectations fell this month to their lowest since the depth of the pandemic. This puts the ECB uh, in a tight spot as it meets today, with inflation surging to a record high. We really expect uh, the uh, ECB to continue unwinding its bond purchases for now as it focuses on subduing inflation while awaiting more growth data. It also is uh, due to come up with this new forecasts in June. Meanwhile, in France, the, the presidential election runoff there is another major focus, with polls uh, uh, pointing to a tight race between Macron and Le Pen. So a Macron win would, of course, be positive catalyst for euro area assets as it would help bolster region-wide investment in defense, uh, in nuclear energy in France, for example, and green energy infrastructure. Meanwhile, in China, the focus remains on uh, the COVID-19 lockdowns, but there are signs of that easing because they have eased its restrictions in, in Shanghai, for instance. Yeah, maybe actually let's, let's move to that then. I mean, Asia uh, you know, has been under pressure, um, but I believe you're a little bit more constructive on, on the outlook for Asia. So maybe give us a, some, a quick rationale as to why you're, you're looking a little bit more positively there. Sure, sure. Uh, against the backdrop I just painted, I mean, the outlook for Asia and Japan really stands out. Uh, if you if you ask uh, me, in in China, as I said, the COVID nineteen restrictions in Shanghai and other, some other cities are easing, so that's a positive sign. Uh, this week, we got data from on on credit growth, which is a key driver of the Chinese economy and markets. There, the credit cycle is turning there, uh, and 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 the stronger than expected credit growth in March uh, is is being driven by government borrowing, which is which is being used to fund infrastructure. So this is positive for a sustained growth recovery as China turns around. This is very different from what we're seeing in, in, in some of the Western countries. Uh, with attractive equity valuations compared with the US and Europe, we would continue to add exposure to Asia and Japan, including in China, in, in, in such an environment. I mean, if you want to rebalance, uh, you could rebalance from US and Euro area equities if those exposures are above benchmark. We would also continue to add, of course, to gold, 
the gold is now uh, heading towards uh, that two thousand dollar mark, and and of course energy and commodity based assets uh, uh, and private real estate continue to be good hedges against any stagflation risks. Yeah, and I guess I, I guess the dollar outlook is going to be pretty critical to you know how this is going to play out. Um, so obviously, a, a weaker dollar, which we still expect to come through ultimately, uh, would be positive for for EM assets in Asia in particular, and obviously for uh, for some of the assets, other assets you mentioned as well. Okay, well, uh, Rajat, that's all we've got time for today. Thank, it's really been great chatting to, with you. Um, and thank you uh, all for listening in to us. Um, I hope you um, will look forward to connecting with us next week. Obviously, Manpreet's Daily Cut to the Chase series will, will continue uh, on Monday. Meanwhile, please look out for us on LinkedIn via our SC Wealth Insights page, where we share our thoughts and publications on a daily basis. As always, feel free to subscribe and like our podcast series. Uh, please take, stay, take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.